We are in week three here uh, on our series, Like a Boss. We welcome all of our campuses and those who are watching online as we continue in this series on what it means to find fulfillment and to win at work. In week one, Pastor talked about how our identity is not found in our job, but is found in our relationship with Jesus Christ. How many of you are thankful that God defines who you are, not your job? Are you thankful for that? It might feel kind of good on the days that you're doing great, but it's not so good on the days that you're going down. But thankfully, our identity is tied to Jesus. Last week, Pastor taught us about what it means to find purpose in our work. Great, great message. If you missed that one, jump online and check it out. Now we come to week three where we're really looking at this thought of what to do when you find yourself in a difficult work environment. How do you live like a boss? How do you win at work when you work in a difficult or challenging job environment? Just by a show of hands, how many of you would say that your job can be challenging at times? Come on, raise your hand up if that's you. Should be just about everybody, right? Unless you ain't got a job. You're like, man, it's pretty easy. Hadn't had any struggles this week. But if you have a job, if you're working somewhere, you're going to find some challenging days. And and before you start complaining too much or grumbling too much about how difficult your job may be, just know that there's always a job out there that could be worse. Or it could be worse. Like next time you're tempted to think that you got it bad, I want to show you a couple of pictures just to remind you of what it could be. Here's this first one right here. Check this out. You thought your job stunk. Look at that one right there. It could be that. Maybe thinking, man, my job is a a heavy load. It's a difficult. Look at this next one right here. It could be that right there. Come on. You thought, man, I got all this 5 o'clock traffic or all this gridlock. It could be worse. Or next time you're thinking, man, just what I have to put up with, what I have to do on a daily basis, it could be that you're like this next one right here. Look at this one. Deodorant inspector. Is that a real job? Like, I don't know how much they get paid. I just, I honestly, I know that it's supposed to everybody has a price tag. I don't know if you could pay me enough to every single day get to work and go up and test deodorant and armpits. I don't know if I could do that. But here's one more for you just in case you think you have it bad. What if you had to do what this lady had to do? You're like, man, I'm calling in sick before I even know what day they're signing me up to work. I'm just not even going. So no matter what you're facing, just know it could always be worse. The reality is every job has pros and cons. There's no such thing as a perfect job or a perfect boss. But sometimes people find themselves in situations that are not only less than perfect, but they're extremely challenging. Maybe you find yourself working in a situation like that where you don't respect the values of the company or you don't appreciate the language or the crude jokes of coworkers that you have to listen to all day long and it just gets old. Or you see dishonesty or lack of integrity and it's hard for you to be around it because you know about it. And once you've, you, you've seen it and you're aware of it, once you're, you're aware that it's going on, it's just hard for you to continue to go back to work every single day because of the toxic environment that you find yourself in. Well, today we're going to look at a story in the Bible about a man named Jacob. Because how many of you know that the Word of God is where we're supposed to go for all of our questions 
on how to handle all of our difficulties, all of our challenges. The Word of God is our answer. It's what we look to. And there's a story in the Bible about a guy named Jacob who he had a rough job. He had a corrupt boss. It was a tough, tough place for him to stick it out, a tough place for him to show up and go to work every single day. And, and we're going to look at this story in Genesis chapter 29. Now, to be clear, before we read these scriptures, let me just say right out of the gate that, that Jacob was not perfect. Jacob, this brother had some issues on his own. But tell your neighbor right now, don't judge, Jacob. You got issues too. Go ahead and just tell him that. Jacob had some issues, but at the same time, he really modeled for us how to be faithful in working in a difficult environment. To set the stage before we read the scripture, Jacob had gone to live with his uncle Laban. And as he's gone to live with his uncle Laban and to work for him, Laban says to Jacob, hey, we need to talk about your salary. We need to talk about the, the pay here and how this is going to work and, and what would be a fair wage for you. And so as they're having this discussion about Jacob's salary, look at what it says in Genesis chapter 29, verse 18. It says, since Jacob was in love with Rachel, which was Laban's daughter. Okay, so he's in, he's, he's in love with the boss's daughter. Since Jacob was in love with Rachel... He told her father, I will work for you for seven years if you'll give me Rachel, your younger daughter, as my wife. You heard that correctly right there. Do we need to read that again right there? Seven years. Somebody say seven years. Man, that's a long time. Fellas, I don't know what you did to convince your wife, like uh, at the time maybe girlfriend or hey, I'd love to spend the rest of my life with you. What would it take? I want you to be mine. But Jacob was not playing around. He said, I will work for her for seven years. Obviously, Laban thought it was a great deal. Look at what he said. Agreed. I mean, he didn't even negotiate, right? He wasn't like, man, I was thinking more like 15. I mean, he's seven, done. So you're in. I'd rather give her to you than anyone else. Stay and work with me. So Jacob worked seven years to pay for Rachel. But his, listen to this, but his love for her was so strong that it seemed to him but a few days. <laughs> Sounds romantic, doesn't it? <laughs> Fellas, if you're sitting next to your wife right now, this is when you take her by the hand and you look at her and say, baby, I'd work for you for 77 years if I had to. If you're a single guy seated next to a pretty girl right now, this is, you don't do anything. That would be weird, all right? Let's just move right along. It says, finally, the time came for him to marry her. He said, I have fulfilled my agreement, Jacob said to Laban. Now give me my wife so I can sleep with her. Verse 22 says, so Laban invited everyone in the neighborhood and prepared a wedding feast. But that night, check this out. This gets really funny, y'all. But that night when it was dark, Laban took, who does it say? Leah. Wait a minute. Do you notice that's a different name right there? Laban took Leah, not Rachel, to Jacob, and he slept with her. 
Now, pause for just a moment because some of y'all are like, man, what in the world is going on? Laban's pulled a fast one. Laban is up to no good. And you say, yeah, but he, he took uh, Leah in there, but Jacob didn't say anything. Like, Jacob didn't say, hold up, time out, check the paperwork. Somebody had a breakdown of communication. It didn't say that. It says that Laban at night brings Rachel, or I'm sorry, brings Leah to Jacob, and he slept with her. But verse 25, but when Jacob woke up in the morning, it was Leah. Now, hold on. You're thinking, didn't the brother know last night, though? I mean, it said that he loved her so much he worked for her for seven years. Did he not know what she looked like? But now just keep in mind, it did say that Laban brought her late at night. And there's a wedding feast going on. Come on, you filling in the gaps? Let's just say that Jacob's probably celebrating. Had a little too much. You know what I'm saying? So he goes, hey, baby, good to see you. Then the next morning he's like, ah, what in the world? And he says, what have you done to me? Jacob raged at Laban. I worked seven years for Rachel. Why have you tricked me? Now check out Laban's response. I mean, this dude, it just shows what kind of guy he was when he starts trying to weasel his way out of this. He says in verse 26, well, it's not our custom here to marry off a younger daughter ahead of the firstborn. How many guys think that Jacob right now is saying, that would have been good to know? Before this whole thing started seven years ago, he's like, it's not our custom, but wait until the bridal week is over. Then we'll give you Rachel too. And then here comes the fine print. Every contract has it. Here's what it says. Provided you promise to work another seven years for me. Can you believe this dude? Can you believe this guy? And some of you thinking, you don't like your boss. Work for seven years for his compensation, for his reward. And then the boss says, oh, about that. My bad. Did I not mention? Our custom is here at this job, here in our family. But I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm a good guy. So we're going to go ahead and give you Rachel. Rachel. If you'll work another seven years, this guy is a deceiver. He's a manipulator. He took advantage of Jacob, even though Jacob had held up his end of the deal and done everything that he was supposed to do. And yet, just to show you how much Jacob loved Rachel, look what it says in verse 28. So Jacob agreed to work seven more years. Come on, fellas, just whisper. I'd do that for you. I'd work another 7, 14, 21, 28, do the math, 35, 42. I would do it. <laughs> Jacob, working for a corrupt boss, 
The boss had lied to him, tricked him, took advantage of him, didn't keep his promise to Jacob, and yet Jacob still worked another seven years faithfully like he said he would. Jacob wasn't just surviving in a difficult environment. He was thriving, as we're going to see. Now, before we pull some principles out of this story, it's, it's going to be very important for us to clear up that ideally, you never find yourself in a situation like Jacob. All right, so if you are going into a, a, a relationship or a partnership and you just know you can't trust this partner, then don't get into a covenant relationship with them. Like, don't, don't submit yourself to a situation to where you think, I cannot carry that out and be a person of biblical conviction. Then don't submit yourself to that. But it pays so good. There is no pay so high that it's worth you violating biblical standard. Don't do it. Some of you, though, you're like, man, I didn't know until I got into this situation. As we'll see with Jacob, after he worked for 20 years, God released him, and he was free to go at that point. But for some of you, you're in an unhealthy situation, you're in a poor work environment, and it's having such an effect on you, you need to know that there are times that it is appropriate to get out of the situation when you have a choice. Sometimes I get it, you don't have a choice. But if you have a choice, you know, like this one pays better and that one's not as much, but this one's breaking all kinds of rules and laws and character and integrity. But listen, don't submit yourself to if you have a choice. But there are some times that God has called you to a place like he did Daniel to go and serve in Babylon and serve under a wicked king. It doesn't mean that every boss is wicked or that every corporate culture is, 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 is corrupt, but I'm just saying... There are times that God will call you to be somewhere and you're going, but this is ungodly. This is evil. This is not good. And God says, I know where I've sent you. And in those places, how do you stay when it's so hard? Really, the point of this message and this talk today is if, if it's for that reason or some of you are like, man, it's the only job that I have and I have to provide for my family and I, I wouldn't sign up for this. I wouldn't want this. But man, it's, it's providing and, and I feel like it's the job that I need to take. Then what do you do when you have no choice but you're working in a very, very difficult, hostile even at times, corrupt at times, work environment? How do you handle it? Number one, we're going to learn some lessons from Jacob, and I think it's going to help all of us. What do you do? What did he do? What is God calling us to do? Number one, be faithful. Be faithful. I know it sounds simple, but listen to this. Genesis 31, verses 38 and following. For 20 years, I've been working. I've been with you, caring for your flocks. This is Jacob talking to his boss, Laban. And all that time, your sheep and goats never miscarried. In all those years, I never used a single ram of yours for my food. If any were attacked and killed by wild animals, I never showed you the carcass and asked you to reduce the count of your flock. No, I took the loss myself. 
myself. You made me pay for every stolen animal, whether it was taken in broad daylight or in the dark of night. I work for you through the scorching heat of the day and through cold and sleepless nights. Yes, for 20 years I slaved in your house. I worked for 14 years earning your two daughters and then six more years for your flock. And you changed my wages 10 times. 10 times. And when you read the story, you don't get the impression that means 10 raises or 10 promotions. Quite the opposite. But what we hear, if we get good insight to who Jacob was as a worker, he had an incredible work ethic. He had an amazing loyalty and commitment to his job and, and to that work. He had integrity. He had perseverance. For 20 years in the midst of all of that corruption, Jacob was faithful. And it causes me to ask the question, why? How? What caused Jacob to work for Laban and, and to be so faithful? You know why? Because Jacob understood that his faithfulness was not tied to his boss, but his faithfulness was tied to his God. See, just like we've been learning through this series, you have to understand there's no separation in secular and sacred. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, you're doing it in the name of the Lord. So you find yourself in a situation that's not ideal. You say, I wouldn't sign up. This is not my dream job. This is not perfect. But you go and you are faithful. You work hard. You're a person of character. You're a person of integrity. You're a person of character. Why? You're doing all these things because of your faithfulness to your God causes you to be faithful in your job we work for the Lord not for our boss not just because we enjoy going and hanging out with co-workers that are challenging on every front but we're doing this to honor the Lord a lot of times when we face adversity in work or difficult work environment it's just easy to quit and quitting isn't always the answer even when it may be the easiest answer don't just jump ship because it's difficult. God's ordering your steps, not your boss, not your coworkers. Wake up every morning and remind yourself, God, you are the one I'm serving today. God, I go to work with you and for you today. Help me strengthen. If God's plan for you is to stay, if God says stay, then stay. You say, well, Scott, you don't even know where I work. You don't know how bad it is. How can I be faithful in such a terrible situation at my work? I'm so glad you asked. Let me answer that question for you right now. What do you do? What did Jacob do? Jacob's story is going to show you how you can be faithful. Number one, because God is with you. Everybody say that with me. God is with you. Genesis 31 verse 5. He said to them, this is Jacob. He's talking to Rachel and Leah. I have noticed that your father's attitude towards me has changed. But look at this next part. But the God of my father has been with me. Jacob knew that he was not in a good situation. He knew that he was being mistreated, but he also knew that God was with him. 
And if you are faithful to God, if you're following God, if you're serving God, if you're representing God at your workplace, you can know it wasn't just true for Jacob. It is true for you that God is with you. God is taking care of you. It doesn't matter how crazy your work gets around you. God is with you. Say that with me. God is with you. God's in your cubicle. God's in your classroom. God's with you as you drive in your car, your truck. God's in your office. God is with you on your work site. Somebody needs to hear this. When your boss yells at you, God is with you. When stress is high, God is with you. When coworkers talk about you behind your back, let me, let me rephrase that. When, that. when God talks to you, when your coworkers are slandering you in front of your face, God is with you. You can be faithful where you are knowing that you're not alone. God is with you and he is at work in you. Some of you need to go playing, praying and, and just asking, God, get me out of this. You should be praying, God, what do you want me to get out of this? Because when you're with me, I know that you're working for me. I know you work all things together for good. When I love you and I'm called according to your purpose. God, thank you for being with me. God was with Jacob. He's with you. And there's a second way that he was able to be faithful, and you can too. It's because he understood that God is your protector. God's your protector. Listen to chapter 31, verses 6 and 7 of Genesis. It says, you know how hard I have worked for your father, but he has cheated me, changing my wages ten times. Look at this part. But God has not allowed him to do me any harm. He wasn't afraid of Laban. You're like, man, Laban was wrong. Laban was messed up. Laban was corrupt. He was deceptive. He was lying. He was cheating. Jacob, weren't you worried about that? No, 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 no. I'm not worried about that, Jacob says, because God is my protector. God has not allowed him to harm me in any way. And can I just tell you today that when you're faithful in your workplace and that when God is with you, you have, hear this, nothing. Somebody say nothing. You have nothing to fear. He will protect you. He will protect your reputation. He will protect you from the gossip that swirls all around you. He will watch over you. He's got your back. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be concerned. You can walk in confidence. You can work in peace. You can live with a boldness. Hear this. You can start every single day just praising God and praying to God and asking God as you go to work, Lord, this is not going to be fun today, but I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to get concerned about it because I know that you're with me. I know that you're for me. I know that you're going to protect me. God, I thank you that you're the rock that I run to. I thank you that you're an ever-present help in a time of need. I thank you that you're my strength, that you're my fortress, that you're my deliverer. You just pray, God, surround me with favor as with a shield. I pray that no weapon formed against me would prosper today when I go to work. Thank you, Lord for being my protector. He's your protector. You don't have to worry. You don't have to be afraid. He's with you. He protects you. Here's a third reason why you can be faithful at your job place, even when it's crazy around you. God is your provider. Do you hear that today? Picking up in verse six, he says, you know how hard I've worked for your father. 
But he's cheated me, changing my wages ten times. But God has not allowed me to do, uh, not allowed him to do me any harm. For if he said, talking about Laban, check this out. Jacob says, for if Laban said, the speckled animals will be your wages, then the whole flock began to produce speckled young. And when he changed his mind and said, well, then the striped animals will be your wages, then the whole flock produced striped young. How many of you know that's just like God? right there to do that Laban's coming up in here going hey man just kind of had a little board meeting and kind of making some adjustments and he's looking around going man there's there's not a whole lot of spotted ones around he goes uh what we decided was uh you get to keep all the spotted ones both of those right there those two right there you get to keep those but to notice that Jacob didn't get all freaked out He didn't get all worried. He didn't get all worked up because he knew that God was with him. And all of a sudden, it says that whenever Laban said that, all of a sudden, speckled ones started coming up more and more and more. And then Laban goes to the job site. He's like, what in the world? You got got all of those? Well, you told me keep all the speckled ones. Yeah, well, what I meant to say was, and so he changes it. He says, all the striped ones. I get all the, the speckled ones, you get all the striped ones. And Jacob's like, cool, why? Because he knew who his provider was. And all of a sudden, guess what happened? All of these striped ones started being born. Don't you understand? Look at what it says in verse 9. Jacob says, in this way, God has taken your father's animals and given them to me. Laban wasn't his provider. God was his provider. He wasn't worried about it because he knew that God was going to take care of him. You just got to know God's got your back. You need to know that God is in control. Never forget who you're working for. Never forget the one that you're being faithful to. And never forget the one who provides for you. Listen to Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 and 24. Whatever you do, somebody say whatever. Come on, shout whatever. Whatever you do, work heartily. Ask for the Lord, not for men, knowing that, hear this, from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. The Lord will provide for you. The Lord will reward you. The Lord will bless you. He will give you peace. He'll provide it. He'll provide joy when you're faithful. Just be faithful. He'll provide purpose. Just be faithful. He'll provide purpose. He'll even provide the paycheck. Why? Because every good and perfect gift comes from God. God is your provider. Come would you praise him and thank him today that he's the God who always provides man when you look at Jacob's life he wasn't just surviving in a tough work environment he was thriving because he was faithful to God and God took care of him and then there's this second point and I want to pull it out and and share it with you and challenge you he's not only faithful but number two he was influential I want to challenge you at your workplace be influential Represent Jesus. It says in Genesis chapter 30, verses 25 through 28, soon after Rachel had given birth to Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, please release me so I can go home to my own country. Let me take my wives and children, for I have earned them by serving you. Let me be on my way. You certainly know how hard I've worked for you. Please listen to me, Laban said. Now listen, Jacob saying, come on, bro. You know all that I've done. You've watched how I've worked. You saw my attitude. You watched my loyalty. You saw my work ethic. 
You saw all of this. And now as he's saying to Laban, so man, release me. Let me go. Look at what it says. Look at how Laban responds. Please, please listen to me. I have become wealthy for the Lord has blessed me. What does it say? Because of you. Tell me how much I owe you. Whatever it is, I'll pay it. Somebody think Laban's had a little attitude adjustment? Come on, how many guys know this is a little bit different story now? He's like, man, don't leave. Man, you've made a difference around this place. Man, since you've been here, the blessing of God, the favor of God, the help of God, man, I'm blessed just because you're around. How many of you know that God wants to bless not just you, but bring your blessing through you to the people around you to where they'll know our place is better when you show up. So you make sure that you stay here at this job. I mean, I can only imagine what the co-workers were saying after Laban pulled a fast one on Jacob. Man, did you hear what happened last night? Man, he gave Jacob uh, Leah instead of Rachel. Bro, that's crazy. Man, let me just tell you right now what I would have done. He'd have tried to pull that on me. Let me, how many guys know that cooler talk? It's always my show. You ever notice that? It's always exaggerated. It's always been, let me just tell you what I would have. He changed my wage. Let me just tell you what I would tell. No, you wouldn't. You're talking like that. So tough. So, so bad. You know what I told my woman last night? I told her, woman? Get, no, they didn't say anything like that. Trying to act all tough and all big. Wonder what happened when they said to Jacob, dude, why didn't you quit? Because they watched him get up and go back to work. Work hard. Not cutting corners. Not jumping into the slander, the gossip, or the, no, no, no. Not, not, not trying to take the easy way out. Working hard, being faithful. Jacob, why didn't you quit? Because, man, I wasn't working for Laban. I was working for God. Until he tells me to leave, I'm going to stay right there, man. I'm going to keep working hard. How many of you think that was a witness to his coworkers? That was a witness to his own family. It was a witness to his neighbors. And it makes me wonder, what kind of impact could we have on our workplace if we truly believed that God was sending you there to make a difference? You're not going just for a paycheck. You're not going because it's easy. Listen, I'm not saying it's easy, but what instead of grumbling, complaining, and cursing the darkness, what if you decided to go and turn the light on? We can be a problem, part of the problem. We can bring a solution. Is your workplace better because you're there? Your attitude can make a difference. Your work ethic can make a difference. Your kindness can make a difference. You're like, but you don't know how dark it is at my work, Scotty. You just don't know. It's evil. It's wicked. It's so dark. Listen, when the night is the darkest, the light is the brightest. God is sending you there to be a shining light of the light of Jesus Christ. Go and shine for Jesus. Some of you say, I don't even want to be friends with those people. They're weird. I don't like them. They get on my nerves. I don't want a relationship with them. But Jesus is saying, I do want a relationship with them. And I want a relationship with them by you going out and you representing them to me and you bringing them to me. I'm sending you to work so that you can bring those people to me. I get it. They may not be as fun to hang out with as the people in your small group. 
But let that time of small group build you up and encourage you. But then get up on Monday morning and go and take Jesus to your workplace. God wants to use you to make a difference. Show them the love of Christ. Come on, how many guys know that the golden rule works even at work? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It does not say do unto others what they have done unto you. Because sometimes we operate off the mindset of, oh, you want to play that game? I'll play that game. You want to act like like that? And Christians can like cop an attitude as fast as anybody. Man, we'll bow up and pick a fight, start a fight, stop a fight, jump in a fight, whatever. We got to be careful. We got to be different. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And, And so in other words, like treat your boss the way you would want people to respect you if you were the boss. Serve people the way you would want to be served. Lead people the way you would want to be led. Manage people the way you would want to be managed. uh, uh, Teach others the way you would want to be taught. Cook unto others the way you would want it cooked unto you. Whatever your job is, do it as unto the Lord and in a way that you would want people to treat you. I just wonder who's going to be in heaven instead of hell because you chose to stay in the game and not give up just because it got hard and you realized that God was sending you to be faithful and to be influential and God used you at your workplace.